Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so glad you have joined us for this conversation. And I think this one's going to be an encouraging, very practical conversation that Annie and I have with a friend of ours. Before we get there, though, I want to remind you uh, of our mission here at Church Leadership Podcast. Our goal every single week and every single episode is to encourage and equip you to lead in the local church. We believe that the hope uh, for our world and for the future is in the local church. And so we want to help equip you to lead there. And uh, we want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on any of the listening apps, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single encouraging conversation. So let's get to today's conversation. We are thrilled to have a great friend and a practitioner and equipper in the local church with us today, Dr. Jody Dean. He's a professor there at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. He is also someone who loves to serve and help in the local church and equip leaders and encourage them like we love to do. He's also an author, and we're going to talk a little bit about those things today with Jody. And I guarantee you, if you listen and watch this conversation today, you're going to take away some very practical tools that are going to be helpful for you uh, in your context, leading a local church. So Jody, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us this week. Thank you both for having me. It's an honor to get to be with you and join you guys. Uh, the, it's been rich over the years getting to interact with you guys. And, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm delighted to get to uh, share a little bit today and, and hopefully it, it helps somebody along the way, uh, maybe not make one of the mistakes I learned from that caused me to say what I say today, right? That's right. Hey, that's, that's the story of our life. And uh, we're, we're excited to have you on Jody. We've known each other for several years. I met you, I think one of my first trips ever to New Orleans seminary when I was doing my doctoral work, we met. And um, so I've been kind of keeping up and following you. In fact, we've been talking about having you on the podcast for a while, but uh, something has happened in really uh, in the last year that, has caused us to say, okay, we, we've definitely got to do it now. And that is you co-authored this book that I'm holding right here, Together We Lead. And um, I'll just say, if, if somebody's looking for a book to read in 2022, it's a great compilation of several different areas of ministry. Um, and I think it, it could almost serve as a, as a handbook almost really for church leadership in today's culture and world. So I want to ask you specifically about some things about this book, because it really is, it's, it's in the wheelhouse of what we do in this podcast. It is written for people who are leading in the local church and specifically, you know, for the normal size, normative churches, um, which most of our churches are. And so, you know, what can somebody, if, if they pick up this book, what can they expect to find uh, in this book? Well, Dr. Hughes and I, uh, did is he and I have taught a class at the seminary at the master's level together for several years. And uh, we were prayer partners, accountability partners. So there's a lot of, uh, sorry guys, but here in New Orleans, char grilled oysters uh, conversation, <laughs> if you will. Uh, there's been a lot of seafood um, that we have uh, ate together, uh, just trying to uh, talking about our class, talking about what students need, talking about the churches we were serving, the the places we were allowed to come along and equip and conferences and, and different things. And we were we were talking about a book that um, 
if we were going to do this, it needed to be practical, but not concrete. And what I mean by that is if we did a certain way of budgeting, if we did a certain way of, of different aspects of how you lead through certain circumstances or how you administer through a certain lens of, of circumstances, the shelf life is going to be pretty dated by the time it even gets to the reader. And so we wanted a book that was going to help you come from where you're sitting in, in ministry and go, hey, we need to work through some things of, of leading our people. Um, when can we add to the bigger picture of the work we're doing? Uh, and when do we have to say no, because we just can't take on anymore. So how do we even look at, does our people have enough time to even try to volunteer more or invest? And how do we look at that big picture? Um, how do we navigate conflict? I don't know if y'all ever deal with that. And maybe it's just an anomaly in the churches I've served. Um, maybe it's my personality, uh, but, um, it, just navigating conflict, uh, and so those are some of the practical things. We wanted to do a flyover of risk management. Uh, people just need to know a little bit that there is a different world in which we are trying to interact. And the church is not uh, on an island anymore of not being sued or not being critiqued. And so uh, social media helps with that. So we wanted people to know that sometimes you're going to have to facilitate change. Sometimes you're going to have to take a strong assessment of your work. Sometimes you got to realize administration's not your jam like mine. Uh, administration is my jam. Teaching, administration, giving, those are some of the gifts that just rise above the others for me. And so um, I wanted to be able to help people not burn out on the details, uh, to, but be able to thrive or maybe organize their day so those details get done, but it doesn't rob their sermon prep or their teaching prep or or they're not coming in and dealing with deal details all day Wednesday, and then they're have nothing for Wednesday night, <laughs> you know? So we were just trying to put some things together. Um, and so we uh, had the practitioner in mind. And so each chapter comes with that lens. It comes with a lens with discussion questions, some case studies, uh, some, even some minor tools that help you answer some questions um, like, volunteer assignment. It, how many volunteers does it take for a Sunday morning? Uh, when you list everything out from usher to media team to uh, worship music team to uh, Sunday school teacher, how many people would it take to pull off Sunday? You know, those kind of things all the way to a simple assessment tool of um, how administrative minded are you? And just to, to give you some, some natural tendencies, if you will, nothing scientific, just, uh, practical there you go that that's the page one of the reasons that's one of the things i highlighted in what you just <laughs> um, i just found uh I, I that's mark that just came back from i served a, a smaller first baptist church that we uh years ago that we had 30 something committees uh we had uh all these different ministries we were doing for sunday morning sunday night and wednesday night and then there was these one-off ministries that didn't meet weekly, but needed leadership, that needed oversight, that needed budget resources. And then if, if our people heard about another church down the road, five miles doing something, we needed to be doing it too. Add that. And, so, <laughs> right. and, and so that's where adding to the work, you know, Dr. Hughes and I, he had had similar experiences. And so that 
when can we add to the work and when do we just partner or when do we just say that's great they're doing that but we can't um or when do we just take stock and go you know that might be the straw that breaks the camel's back if you will if we add that we're not going to be able to staff it or it's going to stretch our people too far across to where we can't do the primary things well um and so that's where um we hope some of those tools just help people uh, and, and we hoped it would be a tool that not only the minister could read, the pastor could read, uh, the associate pastor could read, the volunteer would also be able to read, the key lay leaders would be able to read with them to go, oh, so that's where the pastor's coming from. That we, that's what it takes to do Sunday, not just I need another usher or I need another greeter, uh, people looking from their lens or their vantage point, but maybe it could bring people together for natural conversations to say, oh, that's what we need to do to lead well. And that's what we need to do to administer the word. That's what it would really be to be the church where everybody comes together using their gifts and talents, pouring in their time, their talent, their treasure uh, to actually get this work done. And we don't have to do everything, but we have to do what's primary that God's called us to do as a congregation. And let's do it to the best of our ability. Let's lead that well. And let's Amen. administer that work. Amen. You know, we talk a lot about uh, disciple making in the local church is not a ministry or right. a program, but it is the ministry of the local church. And what you're talking about is a resource that comes from your heart and your experience that really helps get more of a laser focus on the mission of the church and what we're supposed yeah. to be doing. And that's, that's fantastic. Uh, that's, that's helpful. And we talk a lot about understanding the, the dynamics, whether it's based on size or your context, or your community of your church and how every single church is going to be a little bit different, even though we're called to that same mission. So, so this is going to be helpful to a lot of, a lot of churches, a lot of church leaders, like you even mentioned volunteers and lay leaders in local church. And you, you talk a lot about administration and programming your church the right way so that it gets the results we're supposed to, to get a quote from the book that uh, you and Dr. Hughes have written says, Programs that fit within the church's vision and mission are great, but the problem is when programs determine the vision or the mission. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about that, how maybe the, the tail wags the dog sometimes sure. by letting our, our programs overtake the, the mission versus the mission guide what programs we, we need to, to, to have in our church. Sure. Thanks, Andy. Um, as you look at your week, uh, a typical week in ministry, right? We, we get through Sunday. And, and Sunday's like the Super Bowl uh, of a minister's week, right? We've, we've been able to preach. We've been able to teach. We've been able to lead. Um, we may have had some words of affirmation. We may have had some words of discouragement. Uh, but we find Monday, we, we live to make it another week, right? We survive Sunday. And, and we get into Monday, and then we start looking at Monday, and Sunday's coming, so another sermon's got to be prepared or, or maybe there's a funeral on, uh, on a few days out in our week or there's uh, some people sick some people that are hurting and then there's a budget meeting at some point in the week and there's a, a deacon leadership team meeting and there's a there's some problems with the facility that was reported to us on Sunday that we between Sunday school and worship of course so we were just <laughs> divided in focus a little bit um because now that's just through the whole time of worship, we're going, okay, um, the toilet's not flushing in the children's wing. And so, uh, um, and so you've got all those things on the docket to where if we're not careful, we get to Friday 
with and we've administered the facility and the budget and the leadership teams and the committees and we've administered and led a lot of things that week but we've really not spoken into the discipleship mm-hmm. we may have found ourselves as we didn't ever we didn't withdraw like Jesus to pray and be alone with the father mm-hmm. uh, like we should have other than lord i need a sermon by sunday um <laughs> well we uh we may not have um found a couple of guys to have breakfast with mm-hmm. or, or, or go to the gym with and, and pour into one another. We may not have, um, or we may not have taken a time in that committee meeting. We just went in with an agenda blazing and here's some administrative details in the properties meeting and we got to get all this done. And then we would draw and realize, you know, I could have actually opened my Bible and shared why we do what we do and what the Lord's leading us to do and why the facility matters and uh, how they can join us in this greater work of the vision and mission instead of, could you administer this detail so it no longer frustrates me? Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are are some of the thoughts to where, is there a way in the leadership administration to also interweave that bigger picture of disciple making in, in in that piece and then is there a way to take those leadership administration pieces and be intentional in making those discipleship moments as well and part of the discipleship process maybe it's in deacons meeting that we do that maybe it becomes part of um, that weekly flow I, I deal with a lot of ministers that call me because they're in a situation and, and they need someone to help them talk through it or they need somebody to come to their church and do a private shopper weekend, or they want someone to come in and speak to the leadership about the bigger picture of these things, kind of be a consultant for a day. And so I always begin to ask those questions. And most of those ministers, what I find is they've been working 60, 80 hour weeks. They've been trying to check all the to-do list items off. And they've been trying to do it so much that they're almost like Moses when his father-in-law Jethro came to him and said, look, I'm from another tribe and other people, but uh, I, I need to speak into you. You, you can't do it all on, mm-hmm. on, on your own. And so this book is just kind of taking that 20,000 foot view. But what I'm finding in the church here, in the, primarily in the South and, and primarily our, our normal sized churches is we're not like Moses and we're trying to do it all, but we're like Moses in that we tried to manage it all. Hmm. And and because we're trying to manage it all, we are finding ourselves not able to do the primary things God called us to do to reach and make disciples and lead that well. And so if, if we do that, then maybe we could do better here. And Mm -hmm. and so just trying to help people uh, get that in balance. I think when it's not in balance though, uh, our people kind of take our cues, right? (laughs) Well, let's just work harder. Let, let's just serve more. Let's just do mm-hmm. something as opposed to let's be something. Mm, that's good. That'll preach. I <laughs> like it. And, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. This has been, as you're talking, what's on my mind is we just ordained two new young deacons Sunday. Okay. That was kind of a charge to our church was, you know, this is why we ordained deacons because, uh, you know, the apostles of that first church in Jerusalem said, Hey, listen, we're, we're called to the ministry of the word and the ministry of prayer. 
We can't, you know, we can't, we don't have time to wait on tables too. Not that waiting on tables is lower than, it's just different and we can't do it all. And uh, so what a, what a great, what a great um, thought to figure out how we can lead together, just like the book says. So let me ask this. Um, I'm going to ask a couple of different questions, maybe in one, um, because somebody reading this book, honestly, some people may avoid some of the book because like me, they're not detail oriented. And that's, you know, when I, when I took the, the, the class in New Orleans, um, managing, um, an organization or organizational change or whatever it was that you helped teach that class. That was one of those details, detail classes that I looked forward to because I'm not a detail person and I want to learn more about details. Now, the, the number one thing in my life is I surround myself with people who are detail people because I know I'm not, but there is an aspect of leading in a local church that you have to deal with detail. You can't avoid right. them. You can, but it's going to come back to bite you um, if you do. But at the same time, so especially if you delegate the wrong details, that's exactly right. Or to the wrong people, either one. But what I love in, in this book is the heart of it. And so you talk about those details and the processes and everything that applies. But at the same time, there's a, there's a, I don't know, several pages. In fact, it's talking about what Jesus valued and how what he values should be what we value in leadership. And one of the things that struck me is you, you have a whole section on the second principle actually in his leadership is that he valued people over production. And so I want to, I want you to address that, that tension sure. between having to take care of the details administrating things, but also valuing people over production in the process. You know, it, if you go back to uh, America society and the industrial revolution, um, we had pretty much been a rural people in America to where we lived on a family farm. We grew what we ate um, and, and we worked more of a, a mom and pop kind of society right and then we moved to the industrial revolution and people moved to cities for factory jobs and we began to be a people about making things and um and uh and, and we an assembly line and developing um, a production of of putting things on an assembly line and, and and it becomes about if you made eight ford trucks yesterday on the assembly line let's make 10 today if you if you produced X number of tires, let's produce this many. And it became about how much we could produce, how much one person could do in a day. We created child labor laws. We, we created the American teenager by creating public high school. And, and, it, and, and so we made all these things happen going into the Industrial Revolution, going into the Great Depression. Well, if you look at that, what did we do at the same time in, in our churches? We created the Baptist Young People's Union that became church training, and it became how many people can we get in discipleship? How many people can we get trained in theology? Uh, how many people can we get uh, uh, in our community to attending Sunday school? And it wasn't the intent that that evangelistic focus of Sunday school of dropping in any week, hearing an evangelistic lesson, and someone getting saved, possibly even before they came to a worship service. Um, or how many young people could we get into discipleship so they would know the truth? But what happened is we are still suffering a little bit from that mechanical school of thought of how much can a man produce in a given workday. Yep. 
to where we now have that that has been a fabric of our society for a hundred years or more of how much can we produce, how much can we do to where we have built programs and programs it's not are not bad, but what has happened with programs is it's become well, if you had a hundred in Sunday school, can you get to hundred and twenty? And if you have uh, this program for children, can you do this for children? And it became more about how much we could churn out, how much we could produce more so. And people are coming to us from what they do every day. And what did they hear from the boss? Or as the boss, as the owner of the company, what did they ask their people to do? And so those lay people are coming to us and we've developed a system to, of the church that all that's kind of replicated what business did. And so we're bringing in this workforce of volunteers for Jesus that are coming into a system of, hey, we want you to grow your class instead of we want you to make disciples. Mm. And, uh, and so it's, it's not that our message has been wrong. It's just our message has to be married to the right truths. Mm. And, and so our, our message is not about what programs can produce. Our message should be, what what disciples can grow through the programs we replicate and so uh, as as we're working through those processes that's where this administration leadership piece comes in because if we're not careful that production will outweigh the the development of the people and and that's where sometimes we're like our programs fell us and it's not that our programs failed us it's just the programs were not the goal the, the, the programs were simply the pipeline to discover the people so that they could be developed into the people God's called them to be. Hmm. And so um, that's where that, that's the genesis of that. that that's, that's what's trying to be unearthed a little bit from that behavioral mechanical school that kind of we try to have tried to come uh, overcome, if you will. Well, we're looking at the last couple of years too, Jody, have been probably the biggest transition in leading a local church that maybe we've had in, a, you know, several decades for sure, but maybe even a century or two because of the, the pandemic has forced us into some, some corners to make some decisions and to, to assess things where maybe we probably wouldn't have been uh, prone to, to do that. You know, we've got pressure on ourselves, like you're talking about to be productive. We've got pressure sometimes as a leader in a local church from our church to, to, to be productive and to, to be effective in ministry. You're talking about that mindset still carries over and it's hard to, to not to shake that because in some ways we should seek to be effective and productive, but it, it, in assessing where we are now versus where we were a few years ago, the pandemic has been hard and tough on us personally, family wise, leading a local church has been, it's been hard on everybody, but it's also been a good thing. It's helped us kind of step back and see, all right, all of these programs we've been doing, maybe we shouldn't be doing so much. Right. Maybe some of these things aren't helping us uh, fulfill what God's called us to do as a mission here in our context in local church. And maybe we need to be doing some things differently. So tell us a little bit about how maybe as we close out, how you could encourage uh, a lay leader or a staff member or a pastor in a local church to kind of think through that. All right. Uh, how, how, how do we move away from trying to do everything to making sure we're focusing on the right things? Sure. Uh, for me, I, I have to take inventory of 
I have this many opportunities. So I look at Sunday morning, Wednesday night primarily. And, uh, uh, and I look at what has to happen. I believe a small group for everybody of all ages needs to happen. And, and, and I think that my family's where I live at best happens around a worship service. Um, uh, because of the different ball schedules, the different work schedules, uh, the other nights of the week, it's just not work for us. Um, and then Wednesday night, I look at how do we really drill then down? Uh, we've worshiped corporately. We've studied the word together. And then I look at Wednesday night of how do we dive deeper? And so, um, uh, that's the two things. I mean, people need accountability. Uh, people need to understand their life issues and, and those kind of things. And so those are the two big building blocks I'll look at Andy. And then, uh, the other thing I, I like to do is I think this is going to be important for us going forward. As we answer those questions, what's the primary and then add on top of that, what we can do is I think it's also important. Our people are having to be reminded that I learned to give online and I learned to worship online, but there is not a mechanism for serving online. Mm. And when I read Ephesians four, that we come together to be the body of Christ fitted together and that we have things to bring to the table as a body, then I can't stay home. And so what I've got to be sure I'm doing as a minister is I've got to be sure I've built back a strategy that does connect people in worship corporately, that they don't forsake the assembling of the brethren, that I get them engaged in the word of God that where they understand it and can apply it. And then I am building also back into that age-graded opportunities that any part of the lifespan is able to grow and nurture uh, in that relationship because we need stronger families. Hmm. And so working through that, I'm just reminding people all the time, all of us have answered God's call. If we are a Christian, we have answered God's call to serve. And, and so where are you going to serve? And I don't think you can do that two Sundays a month from home online. And so I think you have to show up and I think you have to be involved. Now you and I know we've all been in ministry. Three of us have been in ministry long enough. We know not everybody's going to show up consistently every week. And we know not everybody that shows up is going to move to serving, but I think we got to remind ourselves, we got to continue to move people to worship and from worship into discipleship and from discipleship to serving. Uh, that's kind of our three places, right? And you can, we would like those three to work in, in agreement with one another. Um, it used to be we entered th more through Sunday school, more through the discipleship piece than we entered through the worship piece, but whichever is the open door, you still got to have all three. And that's the big picture. I'm trying to, when I'm assessing, I'm being sure all three are being covered. That's good, man. That's good. And that, that, that is certainly an encouragement for us leaders and pastors, staff members, even lay leaders to think through in terms of 2022 and how do we, how we approach our people? How do we think about re-engaging some of those people? That is fantastic. That's, I know, uh, I know that uh, we've been talking about getting you on here for, for a while. I'm glad we finally did, man. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I enjoy getting to be with you guys. I think a lot of you. Jody, yeah, we, we thank you. We appreciate the work that you're continuing to do. And uh, we will 
put a link to that book in our show notes for this episode so people can get access to that. And man, we just, we're, we're thankful for you pouring into us and those who are watching and listening. And we know they are better able to serve in the local church simply because of a short time we've had to, 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 to talk with you. And uh, we thank you for encouraging and equipping us this week on the podcast. Thanks again for having me. Y'all have a wonderful day. All right. For the rest of you, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.